Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So we have some exciting news. Um, We are going to be doing a new interactive podcast episode where we talk about UFO interactions with you, the listener. You can go ahead and check out, listed in the bio, I have a number you can call, leave a message, and I can take that and put it on air or transcribe it, or you can email. So check the bio, give us a call. We're going to be putting in this information probably in the next week or two or maybe a month, depending on how people are going to call. So call in if you have any questions about UFOs. If you have any things you would like for me to answer on UFOs, or if you have any theories on UFOs, and if you have any um, first-hand, second-hand, any interaction, please give a call. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Master of None, and oh man, do I have a spicy show for you as it relates to yesterday's 2023 presidential debate. So let's get into it. So if you didn't see the debates last night, that's fine. I got you covered. I'm going to give you a recap and an overview of kind of what we saw, the consistent messaging, and who potentially is becoming the front runner of this party. So I'm going to go ahead and play a few clips for you last night so we can kind of get you engaged. Debate stage for the first time. Blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country. They could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. This is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. The candidates sparring over hot button issues like climate change. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. First of all, yes, is climate change real? Yes, it is. But if you want to go and really change the environment, then we need to start telling China and India that they have to lower their emissions. That's where our problem is. And abortion. We must have a president of the United States who will advocate and fight for at the minimum a 50. So whenever we kind of look at the talking point questions last night, I thought it was really interesting. And I'm going to give you a rundown. The first question was referring to Richmond, north of Richmond, kind of providing insight into what people think, um, opening the candidates with that soft question. But the questions last night ranged from crime, Trump, China, border security, and climate change. And as we look into these situations, it's important that each candidate was providing their own unique message. But I think at the end of the day, the story was going to be like, how does DeSantis match up. And I'm going to go ahead and I want to play kind of an analysis that Ben Shapiro gave before the debate so you can kind of see um, what his momentum. <laughs> We've got Asa Hutchinson. Fever. Yes. Uh-huh. And of course, we will see the launch of the croissants, the croissants for short uh, for Mr. Christie's <laughs> campaign. Gentlemen, before we get too far into the show, predictions for the debate. Absolute cataclysmic <laughs> Boredom. I mean, the, so so here, here's the thing about this debate. Basically, it's going to be all against DeSantis. And the only question is whether DeSantis can survive. Yep. Right? DeSantis has been taking incoming for weeks. He's dropped in the polls from in April. He was in like the 24% range. He's down to in the real clear politics polling average in the 14 to 15% range. with a significant decline. About half of that support has gone. I think this analysis of Ben Shapiro is like completely off the mark. And I want to play it just to show you that even if you talk about politics all day, 
you have no idea how this is going to shape up. So first of all, I'm pretty sure Ben Shapiro, he just he, he always talks about Ron DeSantis and he's really on his team. So he thought this was going to be a situation where people were going to be coming after Ron DeSantis. Now, whenever I started this, so last night I actually was on my brother's show, the Ike Wingate show, and I was providing some analysis of what I think was going to happen as it relates to this debate. And the first thing I said is the vague is is it's his stage to take. He's going to be the strongest candidate. He's going to be able to, to debate the talking points. He has a degree in law. He has a degree in bike him. He has, you know, he's really able to articulate. And it's going to be De- DeSantis' stage to keep if he can debate and keep enough initial um, insight and information. He can kind of hold it together. Now, do I think that happened? Yes, I think that it happened exactly the way I said it. And I mean that because I've been really keen on what the Vegas is talking about because you find him constantly, you know, going through messaging and information. And last night that was on point and you could see it. You could see this constant um, back and forth between Pence and the Vake Ramasamy. You could see it with Nikki Haley and you could see it with Chris Christie. You know, and that was a situation where you had all three of them kind of going after him, but it really was strongest between Pence and the vague. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country. They could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. I mean, that in itself was a fiery remark from the vague towards Chris Christie. And I think it really gets to the point of a really articulated point. His ability to hold poignancy on stage and be able to reflect that to shows he, he came there to fight. And this was constantly throughout the debate. Now, the question is, where was Donald Trump? Donald Trump, at the same time, was in a pre-recorded show with Tucker Carlson. And I'm going to go ahead and play for the clip so you can hear why he wasn't there. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that, and many people said you shouldn't do them, but you see the polls have come out, and I'm leading by 50 and 60 points. And, you know, some of them are at one and zero and uh, two. And I'm saying, do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president? Should I be doing that? Uh, and a network that isn't particularly friendly to me, frankly. You know, they uh, they were back in Ron DeSantis like crazy, and now they've given up on him. I mean, he's it's a lost cause. So whenever we looked at Ron DeSantis last night, I didn't think he did that bad of a job. You know, I think he was able to maintain the line, which is what he was supposed to do. He didn't really step out of his own self. You never got a sense of his personality. I think he was really trying to maintain composure. And whenever we see him talking... You know, he was very presidential. He he used a format of, of tell a story about a person, indicate the situation, and then provide emotional context. And that's the methodology he used every single time. 
And I think it's something that was probably helping him, but he was not good off the cup. He didn't really attack anybody. Nobody was attacking him. All of the energy of the debate was really focused on Vivek, and that really was the flashpoint, if you will, of the debate. You can understand, too, he was sitting in the middle of this state. Our country is in decline. This decline is not inevitable. It's a choice. We need to send Joe Biden back to his basement and reverse American decline. You all signed. So I think for the most part, you know, that was kind of the stories. But really what we talked about here in certain situations is I think wherever we saw a lot of insight was kind of on the abortion question. I think each individual hinted that in a different way. You know, when we looked at the way Ron DeSantis talked about it, he did a storytelling. He talked about the cultural life. He was really trying to articulate that aspect of it. You had Mike Pence really here more to being saved by Jesus and using the Bible as his form. Nikki Haley who I think did a great job, was talking about being honest with the people. Now, the reason why she was talking about that is the original question was, if you were in president, would you create a federal ban on abortion for six weeks? Nikki Haley's main point was kind of like, hey, it's, that's not even like possible to do. We need to be honest with the American people whenever we're talking about this type of judicial system, and I just can't have that happen. So you had each individual kind of talk about it. Then you have... Um, Doug Bergman, who was actually the governor of North Dakota, and I think he did fairly well last night. You know, whenever we look at Doug Bergman, what we have to understand is he's born of a town of 300 people. He went to Stanford. He graduated. He leveraged his family form into a software company, sold it to Microsoft, and then became a billionaire and ran for governor. He's he's more uh, he's an old school. I just don't know how to really put him in a conservative package. But whenever you look at him, he's very pro gun. He calls North Dakota a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment. And then we look at the fact that he's very pro states rights. So when asked him about the questions about abortion, he was really referring to the fact that, you know, what North Dakota does for North Dakota isn't the same thing that New York would do for New York, indicating that there is difference in culture. So he is really focusing on the aspects of states rights now. Whenever we got into um, Tim Scott, who is the governor of South Carolina, I think he did a good job of providing um, kind of his point about the federal ban, how it should be 15 weeks. I think each individual handed this, handed, handled this controversy question in a very interesting way. And I think, too, what you have is throughout this debate, what you saw a lot was talk about um, the southern border, okay, which I thought was really interesting. You know, not that it's not a negative topic, but I really thought the economy would be something each individual would hammer on. We really didn't get anything going after Biden economics, talking about the price of gas. What we had is we did talk about the $77 billion being sent to Ukraine and each individual having their own thoughts on it. And there was a fiery back and forth between Mike Pinks and the Vivek. I'm going to play for you right now talking about this exact situation. It's not going to be too long for he rolls across a NATO border, and frankly, our men and women of our armed forces are going to have to go and fight him. I want to let the Ukrainians fight and drive Putin and the Russians back out into Russia. I want to just briefly address Pence. I have a newsflash. The USSR does not exist anymore. It fell back in 1990. The real threat, you talked about the communists, and the real communists that we have to address right now is the... 
Putin's aims you, are. You already spoke. Now I actually President, have something to say. Vladimir Putin seconds. has been saying he wants to reestablish the old you, Soviet sphere of influence. You've made your influence. point, Vice President. Vice now, President you think I'm sorry if right. I insulted him by calling him a communist. He is a dictator and a murderer. And the United States of America needs to stand against authoritarianism. I mean, that kind of just shows you how fiery it was between the two. And I'm really, I'm talking about that because that really, to me, was probably the highlight of the night where you really saw Pence and the vape going back and forth. You heard a little bit of their tone. And it was something that was really interesting because everyone was speculating that they would go after DeSantis, but DeSantis really wasn't there in, in that, that capacity. I don't think he could have held it. Now, whenever we look at the winners of the night, I do think it was the vape. I think the vape did a really good job articulating, standing up in, in, in creating you know, the fact that he is younger, the fact that he is from born from the 80s, the fact he is only 38, a new generation of leadership. I think Mike Pence was really hammering on the fact that he is he's been there and he's done it and he knows what's going on. You know, a question about January 6th was brought up and how, you know, they asked the candidates if he like withheld the Constitution. And in a lot of ways, you know, he did. But I think DeSantis kind of won that conversation because he indicated, you know, why are we still talking about this? You know, the Democrats the Democratic Party wants us to stay on this topic and we need to look forward. And I think those were the concepts that DeSantis and those were the talking points he was able to bring and I think articulated really well. And then we look at Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley has a good posturing for foreign policy, being the ambassador to the UN, the governor of South Carolina. I think she did a good job as well articulating points. You know, it's going to be harder to determine um what happens next but i think she held her own on that stage because she was the only woman the next we have um tim scott i think tim scott did a good job i think he held his own too i think maybe he wasn't a breakout candidate but he definitely did slow and steady on that race and it's going to be interesting to see how he's polling because a lot of people say he did better than nikki haley which i was originally surprised because i thought she did a really good job being fiery talking and being able to back the data up and then next we have you know, Doug Bergman and Doug Bergman had a basketball injury, but he's able to be there. And I think he did a really good job articulating. But it's so interesting because this is my opinion. And I'm going to go ahead and play what MSNBC thought. Um, how Ron DeSantis did that. I think intra-Republican chat will all be about how this was his time to rise and just prove all the naysayers on the right. I don't think he rose. I mean, I think he said some silly things. I don't think he disqualified himself, but I don't think he, you know, he was sort of the anointed Trump alternative. That has not been the case. I don't think he conducted himself in any way that reestablishes him. And I think think, that... Can I just say, I think DeSantis was absolutely terrible. Okay, me too. I mean, okay, yeah. I honestly think that could not be farther from the truth i don't think he was terrible i think we didn't see that fieriness we saw in him whenever he was elected governor but i think that he did the best job he could you know and obviously his campaign's hard and you know i think the star of the night was the vague i think honestly he probably did a better job than what people initially thought i think he stole the spotlight he battled with the vice president he held his own in conversation I think where he is weakest is in foreign policy. I think Nikki Haley exposed that a little bit. I think, too, in that question about the USSR fell in the 90s um, was also one where he's kind of lacking some insight in foreign policy. And I do think Pence schooled him a little bit where he's like, you know, Putin does have a sphere where he wants to bring the USSR back. And I think that's kind of where you saw a little bit of hand slapping on um, the vague. But all in all, I think probably... 
you know, the candidates, it was a fiery, fiery debate. It was not boring. It was very entertaining, despite what people think. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, what are the potential vice president picks out of here? You know, did we see the next president of the United States talking on that stage last night? I think so that's probably one of the biggest questions we should have. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.